0: Our second message this afternoon is from Mr. Lawrence Gregory. It is entitled Obadiah. Today, our consideration is the shortest book in the Bible, 21 verses. It's full of history, prophecy, and lessons for all of us. We'll focus on some of the words in the book of Obadiah to help us better understand this short book. There's only one chapter of 21 verses, so in the first verse there are a number of words that I'd like to call our attention to. Verse 1. Let me read all of it, then come back to those individual words. The vision of Obadiah. Thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a rumor from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen. Arise ye, and let us rise up against her in battle. So the first word I want to call our attention to is the word vision. Now this is not just a dream that somebody woke up and said, well, did that, really, did that really happen or did I really dream that or not? But this was a audiovisual presentation, we would call it like a hologram or something that they actually saw occurring and heard. So whether it was uh, in black and white or technicolor, it doesn't say, but it just says that Obadiah received this vision from God. The second word is the word I just mentioned, Obadiah. Now, we don't know anything about Obadiah, really? His history, uh, when he prophesied, whether it was during the days of the Assyrian invasion, or during the days of the Babylonian invasion, or right after or before. Uh, we don't have any dates. Now, Usher, in his Archbishop Usher, in his chronology, puts this in the fifth century just before. Uh, And during the days of the uh, raid of Nebuchadnezzar against the uh, nation of Judah and the city of Jerusalem and destruction of the temple in 587, 585, 586 BC, that last final invasion of Nebuchadnezzar. But we don't really know because there's nothing in the uh, date and the timing. Now, some place Obadiah earlier because it occurs in the earlier arrangement of the 12 minor prophets, uh, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, as during the days of those earlier prophets of the Assyrian invasion, but that's speculation and no one knows for sure. We'll just, one of those questions we'll have to wait and see in the future. When was this really uh, given to Obadiah and who was he really? And the vision is mentioned here to Edom. Now Edom, well, we know was Esau, was the twin brother of Jacob. And throughout the history from uh, Jacob and uh, his birth and the transfer of the birthright and all of the inheritance that went with that, uh, the fraud and the cheating that went on, clear down through the Exodus, a time of Edom when they resisted Israel coming up to the days of Solomon and, and David when they battled with the Edomites, clear up into the days of the Maccabees after the Roman Empire, was established in that first century. Uh, Very little is known about Edom after that. They disappeared from sight. But uh, there's a lot of scriptures that give us a lot of history of Edom or Esau with the uh, adversarial relationship they had with Israel. Plus there are a number of prophecies that are open for interpretation and speculation. And I'm not going to focus so much on the prophecy part today of the... uh, Many other books were going to stay largely in the book of Obadiah, except we'll leave it a couple of times for a couple of other verses. But uh, there is uh, prophecies of perhaps future indication of uh, the nation of Edom and how it plays out in the future here. Now, this word also says, uh, We, we have heard a rumor from the Lord. We, two. Does that include, if it was in the days of uh, uh, the Assyrian Empire, you would have had prophets like uh, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, uh, Nahum, Isaiah, and God himself. We, specifically those nations. If it was the prophecy in the days of the Babylonian uh, invasion against Judah and Jerusalem, We would have had uh, Jeremiah, Nahum, Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Daniel, and Ezekiel in uh, uh, Babylon. They were captives there. and They were prophesying during that time of the 600 to 500 B.C. period of the time of the invasion of the Babylonians against Jerusalem. So it's uncertain about who we is, but the we includes a lot of other uh, prophets who were lifting up their voices of the word of God and of uh, the warning and the encouragement and the uh, things of prophecy, uh, the spoken word of God to those nations. Now we have it written, and we have a written record here, but there's still some uncertainties uh, of some things that we don't know. Notice also he said, we have heard a rumor from the Lord. And so this word rumor means, uh, from the Hebrew, it means a, uh, an announcement or a news report. Now, a lot of us are news hounds. We watch a lot of news, and we see a lot of things that are going on in the world. Current events that are affected by historical events. Some of them uh, we can track right through history uh, and expect it to occur. Others are surprising the way things turn out. And so here is, from God, a news report, an announcement of what's going to happen to Edom through his prophets and through his, as we have this word, ambassador. An ambassador, we understand that in modern day context, is an official representative of the nation to other nations. And we have ambassadorships all over. We've just seen in the news recently where we've had to recall a number of our ambassadors from other countries. In Yemen, one of those. And they've gone out of there, uh, marines destroying their weapons and, and a lot of speculation. Who'd ever thought that those things would happen when the people that would leave that uh, Uh, embassy there to uh, the foreign nation and leave on a chartered airplane rather than a military transport, and the Marines leaving and everybody leaving out of there with their guns intact and guns loaded, and uh, a lot of things is happening in the world today. So we can see a lot of things were happening in history as we consider a lot of confusion about those two times, and we don't know which and when, like I said, Obadiah was prophesying, but Here was an ambassador, Obadiah, sent to this nation and uh, also to the heathen. The word heathen is uh, usually uh, translated as Gentiles or non-Jewish converts. So nations that were surrounding Edom and uh, that were affected by what God was going to do to Edom and how he was going to use them to send judgment and discipline on her, on Edom. Now, let me say this. We know that, as I said before, that Edom disappeared in about the first century uh, A.D. after the days of the Roman invasion, especially Titus' invasion in 70 A.D. The Edomites became a part of, they say, history says, became a part of Judah. Intermixed with the Jews. Now, we know Herod was an Edomite. He was of the the, uh, Edom families and they were related to Jacob. So we want to keep that in mind, but a lot of our speculation of history with facts and with indications are that the modern-day nation of Edom, now those uh, tribes that uh, and the descendants of Edom, some of his sons and things that went up into Turkey. So the modern-day nation of Turkey is identified as, in prophecy, as the modern day nation of Edom. So, want to keep that in mind in the future. I'm not going to spend so much time on that, but in the prophecies, when you're reading the Bible about the future of the relationship of Edom with those other nations and what's going to happen, uh, then you can think of the modern day nation of Turkey. and We'll have some, uh, perhaps, speculative uh, references to that as we go through here. Now, In verse 2, it says, Behold, I, this is God speaking, I have made you small among the heathen. You are greatly despised. Now, I look up in the dictionary, and small can be used in several ways. It can identify the size, but it also, uh, small can be uh, not important, key insignificant, not influential, indistinct, trivial or or lesser, pardon me. So, small can have not only besides the size of of an object, but the lack of importance, the lack of influence. And you can think of the nation of uh, Turkey today, even though it might be a little larger than some of the surrounding nations like uh, Syria and uh, Jordan and uh, Iraq and uh, Iran are questionable in size, comparable in some of the nations surrounding, but you can think of what power of influence and significance do they have in the world. Well, that was the way Edom was. They had some problems with uh, Israel throughout the history of the Israelites, but they didn't have much influence in the rest of the world. They were pretty much captive in that area south of uh, Judah, uh, which is occupied today by Jordan and Israel as it extends down to the Sinai Peninsula. So you can look on a map and and see that. Notice uh, in uh, verse 3, The pride of your heart has deceived you. The pride of your heart has deceived you. The pride causes a person to think better of themselves, right? Think they're really bigger than they really are or more important than they are. And uh, the the two things that are going here is the pride and the self-deception. You that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that says in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Now, there are several things here. One, anciently, the Edomites occupied a mountainous area in the Sinai uh, desert area, and we like a Petra, which is in a modern day nation of Jordan today, Petra, uh, and a lot of the uh, pictures that you have and you've seen of Petra and the, and the, and the uh, carvings in those mountainous areas, the caves that were there, and all the inhabitants in that mountainous area. But uh, think of this. That uh, in Turkey today, because I'm going to keep coming back to Turkey as the modern day uh, descendants of the Edomites as they uh, descended, as they migrated and moved into that area and inhabited, is that the average height of Turkey is 2,500 to 3,000 feet. Plus, it has a lot of mountainous areas in the mountainous regions. And uh, several things here that is attractive in verse 3. That says in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Well, the answer that we know, God will bring her down to the ground. In Ecclesiastes 5.8, Ecclesiastes 5.8, we have this scripture that tells us that God is higher than the highest. God is higher than man. Man in his elevation and his ego you know, how many people think, you know, I can get away with this. I can do this. Who can stop me? Who can challenge me? Who can stop me from doing this? Well, the answer is here that God is over all and higher than the highest. And he is the one that will bring her or Edom down. Now... I want to encourage you on your own, if you would like to do this, Uh, and we have in our library back here, Collier's Encyclopedia. Uh, If you have an encyclopedia at home, it might be a different one. You can look up and read the history of Turkey. You can read the history of Edom. You can read uh, from the information almanacs uh, that give you a lot of history of the uh, uh, area, the location, the geology. the political structure of the nations, uh, you can get that from almanacs, uh, some of the Bible dictionaries, other commentaries. Uh, you can read a lot of information in addition to a lot of scriptures that, are not, that we're not looking at today, you can read a lot of information from secular works and biblical references about Edom or Esau and the relation and what was going on there. So let me encourage you to do that. now. Continuing on here, as we go through this verse by verse, verse 5. If thieves came to you, if robbers by night, and parenthetical statement here, how are you cut off? Would they not have stolen till they had enough? If the grape gatherers came to you, would they not leave some grapes? Normally you think of a thief breaks in a house. They don't take everything in the house. They take jewelry, now they take uh, telephones, uh, uh, your uh, different uh, little uh, smartphones. They don't take all the furniture in the house and everything. If they break in a grocery store, they'll go get the cash, the money, the credit cards, a lot of information, uh, maybe a few things that they might get, uh, maybe some items from the grocery store, wherever it is. So, the point is that these thieves, these other nations that are going to come against Edom, against Turkey, are not going to have a total destruction of that nation. But they're going to cause a lot of disruption and a lot of problems. Now, uh, we'll continue on here in um, verse uh, 6. How are the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden Things sought up. Now, this will give you some information as you study on your own. Uh, one of the most sought out things in Turkey is Noah's Ark. Is it true? Is it there? Where is it? What? You know, the, the Turkish nation has closed off any excavation or exploration. But you can read in history, like Marco Polo, uh, who visited China uh, and brought back the spaghetti and things to Italy, uh, came and it was actually uh, reported that he went into Noah's Ark. We have Russian pilots back in uh, World War I who took photographs of uh, the uh, area there in Mount Ararat where Noah's Ark is. That's just a one little incidental thing that's sought up, but really isn't found. Now, the modern day nation as well as the ancient nation uh, Turkey is very rich in copper, coal, Chromite, from which we get chrome, uh, iron, and some oil. They're beginning to uh, do more oil exploration, but all these things are sought up to give uh, exports, and, um, plus the agricultural. And I won't get into that of uh, the animals and other agricultural things. Of uh, you can get that information from uh, an almanac that'll give you all of the exports and all the imports and who and their religion, their language, and a lot of good information that you can get from an information almanac. How, verse 6, how are the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden things sought up? All the men of thy confederacy have brought you even to the border. The men that were at peace with you have deceived you and prevailed against you. They that eat thy bread have laid a wound under you. There is none understanding in him, in him, and my margin says in it. Nobody understands this. Well, what does this mean about uh, the enemies and the friends around have deceived him? And uh, perhaps as you uh, look at some of those prophecies of what's going to happen in the modern day uh, nations of, um, of uh, Turkey and some of those other European nations and others and what happens there, I won't go into that today. You can. You can read Daniel and Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel and a number of other, Amos and Joel and a number of other uh, prophets that have written about that possible future uh, conduct of the, of the heathen of those other nations that uh, are in their relationship with uh, Edom or with the Turkey. Uh, it's hard to understand some of that just from the brief history that we have here without leaving this book. Shall I not in that day, saith the Lord, verse 8, even destroy the wise men out of Edom, and understanding out of the mount of Esau? And thy mighty men, O Teman, shall be dismayed to the end that every one of the mount of Esau may be cut off by slaughter. We have the word here, Teman, the Ottoman, the Ottoman Turks, we're familiar with that. We're familiar with some of the descendants of uh, the Edomites that are in uh, locations and uh, cities and areas of uh, Turkey that are identified. But this phrase, shall I not in that day, that phrase that day occurs 12 times in this book. That's significant. That's important. What is he talking about in that day? In that day of their calamity, of that day of whether it was in the 7th century, or the 5th century, or in 150 A.D., or in the future, time ahead of us, in 2000 plus A.D. here in the future, that day, the day of the Lord that is identified 12 times in this book, where God says that he is going to destroy the wise men out of Edom. Now we have uh, a lot of uh, references we consider Turkish people, you know, the wisdom of the Turks of the, of the past, and uh, the, if just for your information, the religion of Turkey is 99 plus percent Muslim, about 99.8 percent Muslim of the Sunni branch of the Muslim religion. Sunnis you can check uh, in your uh, almanacs will give you a breakdown of some of those surrounding nations that are Sunni and some of them that are Shiite. We have a lot of news in the uh, news today about terrorists and uh, uh, identifying some of those nations that are Sunni and some that are Shiite. And uh, there's uh, a little confusion about those two branches. They're still uh, of the Muslim religion, but Notice that God is going to destroy the wise men, those of understanding and wisdom, out of Mount Zion. And thy mighty men, O Teman, shall be dismayed. To the end that everyone, I'm reading again, verse uh, 9, of the Mount of Esau may be cut off by slaughter. Okay, we have some indications of destruction on Edom on that nation. So we'll, we'll continue on here and see how strong will that be and how uh, will God accomplish it verse 10 for thy violence against thy brother Jacob shame shall cover you and you shall be cut off forever I want us to go to a couple of uh, references here in uh, Amos right across and it's right on my page here Amos the ninth chapter verse uh, 11 and 12 says, uh, in that day, talking about the day of the Lord that uh, Amos identifies this, in that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen and close up the breaches thereof and I will raise up his ruins and I will build it as in the days of old, a prophecy of the future time of the resurrection of David and the, and the building of the temple and return of Christ and, and all of the things that are going to take place at the kingdom of God. Verse 12 that they may possess the remnant of Edom, and of all the heathen which are called by my name, saith the Lord that does this. Now, I have to break into uh, spiritual thought here. We know God has promised in the future from the time of Christ, when I'm, I'm talking about the future uh, from Christ on to now present time, to call and to bring into spiritual understanding the heathen, the Gentiles, to give whoever among the nations of the earth, whoever calls on God in truth with confession, repentance, acceptance and belief will be saved, will have a relationship with God. And so uh, here uh, in the future, There's going to be an opportunity, if we'll look now in another scripture. Let's go to the New Testament, in Acts, the 15th chapter. Uh, We'll see here, this is James, uh, who is quoting Peter's sermon, but in the ministerial conference there in uh, 50 A.D., 51 A.D. time in uh, Acts, the 15th chapter. And uh, verse 15, this is... uh, James's inspired sermon. A couple of verses here 15 through 17. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David which is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who knowth, who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. So God knew in advance what he was going to do, and he is bringing it about. And He even knows in the future what he's going to do and how he's going to accomplish it. And he's given us some little bit of insight, some intriguing information from some of the scriptures uh, that are historical and typology and some are definite prophecies and some that are difficult and uh, dual in uh, previous application and present application and future application. So we have to be very careful in when we are stu- especially studying those uh, prophecies that indicate history and prophecy of uh, being careful on what God is saying, but, you know, he saw the end from the beginning, and he can bring it all about, and he can uh, uh, accomplish his will. Uh, Let's see. Continue on verse 12. But you should know, oh, verse 11. In that day that you stood on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, that is uh, Jacob's forces, Israel, and foreigners entered into his gates and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even you was as one of them. So, Eden participated and rejoiced at the destruction of Jerusalem uh, when that took place, uh, a part of the uh, nations that were approving those things, so uh, God says here, continue on to verse 11, You should not have looked, up, looked on the day of your brother in the day that he became a stranger. Neither should you have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction. Neither should you have spoken proudly in the day of distress. You should not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, you should not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Neither should you have stood in the crossway. Now, if you'll look on a map, you'll see that Turkey is in the crossway between Europe and Asia. It's right north of Syria there, there's a crossway as, as we uh, look at uh, the map of a lot of uh, transition between uh, Asia and uh, between Asia and Europe would go right through uh, Turkey. And so, there's a, remember here in the Gulf War that the Turks would not let the Americans fly uh, through Turkey or through fill up uh, their airplanes as they would go on those bombing raids that uh, uh, President Bush was initiating in the early Iraq War, remember? how there was a lot of information about how Turkey wasn't doing that, but just think about in the future. Now this, we have to get into a little speculation of a future prophecy of uh, times. We know that the Mideast is heating up and and getting hotter and hotter and a lot of confusion. Jordan now is stepping up against uh, Syria and uh, some of those terrorists. And Israel is questionable of their struggle for survival and Iran and Iraq and all of the things that are going on in that nation. What happens? when the uh, American forces, the Israel forces, and the Jewish forces try to get out of that area and leave, like, just, just like they left in Yemen and all the controls that were put on them there, and how they maybe are going to be double-crossed. You should not have stood in the crossway to cut off those of his that did escape, neither should you have Delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of distress. Not only stop them, but deliver them up to the enemy. Turn them over. Give them into uh, the hand of the terrorists. And other of the surrounding nations that are trying to destroy uh, Jerusalem and Judea. So that's something that we have to, from history. We know what it's saying about what happened historically. Then we have to ask does this have a future application? And what is going to happen there? And keep our mind, keep our eyes open on what's happening in the Middle East, involving Jordan, Israel, Syria, Iran, Iraq, uh, Turkey. See what's happening as we progress down in the future months. Continue on to verse fifteen. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As you have done, it shall be done unto you. Your reward shall return upon your own head. Now, here is a couple of things that I want uh, us to uh, consider here. At the last of uh, verse 14, it says that... uh, neither should you have delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of distress. And verse 15, For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As you have done, it shall be done unto you. This is uh, an important principle here of retribution, uh, of uh, individuals that uh, consider not what Jesus said. You know, they, they reject what Jesus said when he, when he laid down the golden rule. Doing unto your neighbor as you want them to do unto you. Do unto your neighbor as you want them to do unto you. Don't do unto them as you would do unto them. You know, don't uh, mistreat them or uh, send back evil for evil. And so, uh, this is what uh, is uh, talking here about all the heathen. As you have done, it shall be done unto you. So they're going to suffer the consequences of their actions. Their judgment is coming, just retribution. And we'll look at some of these lessons a little later at the end here as I go through them. We'll come back to some of these things. Thy reward shall return upon your own head. For as you have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the heathen drink continually. Yea, they shall drink, and they shall swallow down, and they shall be as though they had not been. So, it's going to be a complete decimation and destruction for many of those nations and those heathen around uh, uh, Israel. They're at, uh, at, at that time when God is going to deal with uh, the violence of those nations that have entered into, uh, not only they have, they're taking vengeance or getting even with Turkey, but they're also visiting that upon uh, uh, Israel. Verse 17, but upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions a great but one of the great important buts in the Bible God is not going to let everything get out of control it may look like it from man's point of view there may be a lot of suffering and a lot of uh, difficulties in this world but God knows the end from the beginning he's overall. he's all uh, in control and he's not going to let it get totally out of hand because he has a plan and a purpose. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble. And they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken it. Okay. Going back, you remember the uh, illustration about the burglar that breaks into a house? They don't totally destroy it. And God uses that as, a, as an example of uh, what happens when He sends judgment on these nations. It won't be, as far as the nation itself, it'll be total destruction, but according to the spiritual scriptures that we have in the New Testament, and according to some here, in the Old Testament God has a remnant, he has a residue, he has a few that he is going to save out of those nations individually. So everyone that has the name of Christ, everyone that is converted, everyone that believes and accepts God, not foreign religion, not another religion, not an ism or uh, another social, uh, uh, humanistic, uh, philosophical, uh, point of view, but the religion of Jesus Christ, of God the Father, the Christian religion, those that accept that will be saved, and that'll be a remnant. that'll be a few that will be uh, saved. But here is, seems to be an indication in the future when Israel and <laughs> Judah, the Jews, those nations, fight against Esau and bring about this uh, destruction. For the Lord has spoken it. So if God says something, we need to pay attention. Now, sometimes I know, like I said, we have a little difficulty understanding, well, what is God saying? What does he mean? What is the point of this? Uh, So we have to keep an open-ended question about We can look at history. We can see what happened and how God dealt with them and how uh, the the nation of Edom that was south of uh, Jerusalem, there in that uh, Sinai Peninsula, they disappeared. They're they're just as far as man's know, the, uh, mankind looks at historically. They disappeared from sight. They're gone. It's just like the house of Israel. Uh, they don't understand the uh, where the house of Israel is today in the many nations on earth. And so, when men leave the Bible aside and try to look at history and try to explain it from that perspective, they get real confused and they don't understand. But God is in control. And he said this, so we need to pay attention and accept what God is saying. Verse 19, And they of the south shall possess the mount of Esau, and they of the plain, the Philistines, the Palestinians, and they shall possess the fields of Ephraim, and the fields of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead, Uh, redistribution of that land. Uh, We've gone through this through Ezekiel uh, 40 through 48. You'll understand that when uh, Christ returns and he reestablishes uh, those 12 tribes of Israel throughout the land of Israel and uh, some of these areas that are given to some of the descendants of those nations. And the captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites, even unto Zarephath, and the captivity of Jerusalem, which is in the Sepharid, shall possess the cities of the south. Future time when captivity is going to come, but they'll be delivered out of that captivity and released from that captivity and go back into uh, the lands that God intended for them to possess. And saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau and the kingdom shall be the Lord's, verse 21. What a wonderful Saviors. That's you and I. Now, uh, we're not the Savior like Jesus Christ is the Savior. But we are going to be messengers. We're going to be diplomats. We're going to be kings. We're going to be priest, king, a kingdom of priests ruling and reigning on this earth with Jesus Christ. We know that from many other messages, many other scriptures. We know all of that. And uh, uh, shall come upon Mount Zion... To judge them out of Esau. And the kingdom shall be the Lord's. So the kingdom of God is going to be reigning and ruling on this earth. What a wonderful future. We can say that for sure. That prophecy is for sure. God's kingdom is going to be on this earth. Now, from this book, there are some lessons that I've written down. I've got six points here. Let me go through them and just... I won't go back to the scriptures. We'll just have to remember what I've read and what we've uh, got in, uh, uh, what we've uh, seen in our reading of uh, these 21 verses of um, Obadiah. First lesson was, pride is deceitful. It leads to vanity, ego, and a sense of superiority and independence from God. It will be judged not only by other humanist secular People, but it will be judged by God. Pride, arrogance, haughtiness, self-will. We don't need God. Leave Him out. Just forget. Don't look at the Bible. Look at history or look at our own ideas or the way things are going and leave God out of it. That's prideful, how haughty and how arrogant and how we are. That's deceitful. A person is deceived by all of that. The second thing is injustice, cruelty, bitterness, double crossing of others will be avenged, sometimes by others. You double cross, you do dirty on your neighbor, dirty comes back on you. Uh, you violate some of these national uh, geopolitical actions against other nations. Then they uh, reciprocate with their uh, violence against you. So. Uh, When we do evil, evil comes back to us, but definitely by God. When a person does sin or does evil, God is going to send judgment on that person or on that nation. So the way to avoid that is to repent and change and ask forgiveness and and try to lead a righteous life. And sometimes, you know, a person suffers along with the uh, rest of the the nation. But uh, if they're right and good and trusting in God... God will be with us and bless us and and bring us through that fiery trial. Third point. When we share in the crimes, the evil of others, when we become, as Obadiah said, as one of them, we share in their judgment. When we go back and just start acting like the world, we're going to share in their discipline and their judgment. Because God is making a demarcation line. He's looking at the righteous. He's looking at the good that a person does. And he's looking at the evil. And everybody's going to have to give an account. Everybody. You know, I always always like this, knowing this, and it gives me a lot of confidence. In the judgment in the future, nobody is going to say, here's my lawyer. Nobody. Everybody is going to have to give a truthful answer. And the judge can say, no, 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 no. That's not what's written. Angel, show us what he did. Show us how he killed that person. Show us. Tell us how they robbed or stolen or what they did. Oh, dumbfounded. Because Everybody is going to be judged righteously, and there's nobody going to get away with anything. not going to fool a judge. My wife and I were at um, uh, McDonald's the other day having breakfast, and they had it on. The TV was there above our booth, and it was on. And I don't watch this program. I just just couldn't see any more of it. Uh, Fortunately, the TV had some problems, so I didn't get all of it, but it was about uh, some court. And some judge and some girl, uh, a woman that was complaining about her boyfriend that was married, but he had abandoned her, and I don't know what all, I didn't see all of it, but the judge was saying, oh, well, when I had a bunch of boyfriends, every time I broke up with a guy, uh, you know, she was trying to give bad advice to that woman. And I thought, woman, you're having a relationship with a guy that's married, and you're in divorce court, and you got the judge that's there that is all mixed up in all of her affairs that she's been having, and uh, fortunately, like I said, the TV was having problems, and we finished our meal and left, and I don't don't know what happened on that, but uh, if you watch that program, (laughs) I hope you're not watching that Divorce Court. It was called. Uh, I didn't know they had such a thing on, especially uh, somebody that's not married, running around with somebody else's wife. I mean, uh, I mean, he's got a wife, and he's running around with his girlfriend, and now they're broke up, and she's jealous, and they're in divorce court. I couldn't figure it out. and I don't want to, really. I'm just sharing some confusion with you. Get you confused. <laughs> now... Uh, Another point here, fifth point. In time of divine judgment, God still provides a means of escape for those who turn to him, to Mount Zion, to the church, to the kingdom of God. So when we see difficulties coming on the uh, nations of the earth, on ourself, on our nation, then we can turn to God and come under his divine protection and blessing. Uh, The sixth point, and then I'm going to close with this. Spiritual salvation is in Him, not in the flesh. So, uh, we have a, a, a shorter time today. We're over time, a few minutes here. And I'm going to close with this. And I hope that just a few things that we've said today and a few things we've read in these 21 verses help us to have a little better historical viewpoint and maybe a little of prophecy to keep our mind open Uh, about the nation of Turkey as revealed through the book of Obadiah.